Support for today's show comes from Squarespace. Think it, dream it, make it with Squarespace. With beautiful templates created by world-class designers, Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique website. Customize everything from the look and feel to settings and products, all optimized for mobile right out of the box with built-in search engine optimization. You can showcase your work, whether it's a blog or published content. You can announce a special project and even sell products and services of all kinds in just a few clicks. Then use Squarespace's analytics to help you grow in real time. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade, ever. Though if you do have a question, Squarespace's award-winning 24-7 customer support is always there to help. Keep dreaming, but make it a reality with a website from Squarespace. So head on over to squarespace.com improve for a free trial just to try it out. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code improve at checkout to save 10% off your first order of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com improve and then offer code improve. Welcome to Latitude Photography Podcast, where we talk about all things related to travel and nature photography. I'm your host, Brent Bergherm, and I love to travel across the globe in search of Earth's exquisite landscapes and interesting cultures. Today, we're headed to the far reaches of coastal Northern California, the redwoods and surrounding area. Thanks so much for listening and subscribing, and certainly please do tell your friends about the show as well. And don't forget my gear giveaway. You have to listen to the Leave No Trace and Gear Giveaway episode for all the details. But in short, if you subscribe to the show and email proof of your subscription, or subscribe to my email list, or email me the secret phrase that's in that aforementioned show, you'll be entered to win either a Mindshift Gear Exposure 15. That's a really cool bag, by the way. I will do a full review later. I think tank photo urban disguise 40 another great bag and thanks so much to mind shift gear think tank photo for supplying these bags by the way you also might win a copy of lumenzia 5 thanks to greg benz for that and a coupon for my gear rental company is also in the offering that's brentrentslenses.com or a 30 minute skype session there's two of those so two winners would uh, potentially win that so a uh, 30 minute skype session with myself so check out that episode that's leave no trace episode or the website latitudephotographypodcast.com and search for the post regarding all the details all right that's enough of that stuff let's get on with the show the Redwoods area that we'll be looking at today is in California, but just barely. It's right on the border with Oregon, and a great place to use as your base if you're not camping is Crescent City. It's about 12 miles south of the Oregon border, and there's plenty of hotel options. The weather is generally mild. If you're used to Oregon coast weather, then you know what to expect. In short, it's somewhat mild in the summer, topping out at about 80 degrees, and generally it's a bit windy. As I look at my All Stays app on my iPhone, there's plenty of campgrounds to consider staying at as well, if you prefer that kind of thing. I do like camping myself, but this time that I went to the area, I took two of my boys and I elected to stay in a hotel. Airbnb would also be a good option, and we actually used Airbnb when we went up to Brookings, Oregon. But for this episode, we're going to focus on the Redwoods of California area. So one of the first places that I want to focus on is Jedediah Smith State Park, and specifically their Stout Grove. When we first pulled into the area, we actually had to drive through the park 
to get to Crescent City. And this park is kind of interesting. It's cooperatively managed by the California Parks System and the National Park System. It's about 10,000 acres in size, and it contains 7% of the world's old-growth redwoods. Also, the Smith River runs through it, and this is the longest free-flowing river in California. The park is a magnificent place to shoot. One place I went to, of course, was Stout Grove. Now, Stout Grove is really popular. It's also pretty easy to get to if you're going on Highway, what is it, 199. They'll have signs that help you get there. When I actually went there, I went from Crescent City and took one of the back roads, and it did get a little bit, you know, well, let's face it, I drive a Buick, and it wasn't a road that was most friendly for a Buick. I was okay, but nothing like when I was in my Subaru. And Stout Grove itself, if I click on the images that are on the website, so if you head over to the LatitudePhotographyPodcast.com website, you'll see the show notes with pictures for this. And it's really kind of a neat place because there's just ferns all over the place as far as what's on the ground. And then, of course, these big redwoods are just jutting up out of the ferns. And it's just kind of a neat place to go as far as it's pretty small. It's easy to get to, very easily accessible. And if you can make it early in the day and you can beat the crowd, you know, that's a that's a good time to go. The compositions... They could be a little bit challenging. Well, of course, depending on your lighting. Uh, what I was looking for here is that mixture between the ferns and, and the base of the trees. And it was interesting when my son, uh, he's uh, 14, when we first pulled in, he's all looking at it. He's like, oh, whoa, it's like a movie set. And I kind of tried to do what I could and, and correct him and say, son, uh, sorry, but a, a, a movie set is like this. You know, this trying to set, this is the original, this is the good stuff. We had a great time climbing up the base of some of the trees, finding other nooks and crannies to, to crawl into. Uh, there's quite a few downed trees in this area, so there's lots of other, you know, long trees to uh, walk along. So lots of good options for both the kids and for having fun with the shooting. Also on the site, I've included a Google map of each place so you can at least, you know, get a little bit of an idea where, uh, where it is that we're talking about and then you could find specific directions to that location. The next spot I wish to talk about is this place called Battery Point Lighthouse. This actually has almost nothing to do with the Redwoods. It's just that it's in this area. It was really neat to get out there. Very easily accessible as well. And if you look on the map, it's out in the middle of the water, but that just is depending on what the tide is like. If the tide is out, you can easily walk in and around the island and that the lighthouse is on and you can have pretty easy access to it. Um, well, you're going to get your feet wet if the tide is in, but you can still easily walk across. Just watch for storms and things like that. Uh, the first shot I have on the website, I converted to black and white, and I really like this technique for helping to bring out the texture, bring out the motion, bring out the shape of the rocks, and then the lighthouse is way off, you know, in the background, it's off to the left-hand side of the image, and it just, it's a nice composition, you know, the, the, the horizon is in the top third, and then I've got this uh, wave action going on in the foreground, and so I used a slow shutter speed, and then I'm pretty much standing right in the middle of the water, so my tripod is getting doused with all this salt water. Certainly want to do what we can to clean the tripod later, which I certainly did several times on this trip. But going for that slower shutter speed just allows that water to basically turn into something else. On this shoot, I was using a breakthrough photography. I believe I had the three-stop circular polarizer. And it's just, it's the perfect blend of 
that long exposure, which makes the water go soft, but not too long. So we lose all detail and it's becoming just a, a bunch of silky smoothness, which I do like those shots sometimes. But in this one, I really liked keeping some of that detail. I think the detail in the water, when you have a shot like this, where it's just uh, that right blend, I think what we're uh, benefiting from is to say, you know, it's communicating or it's speaking to those, the texture in the rocks and it's uh, echoing that it's not contrasting that. Certainly when we have those shots that are just completely, the water's going completely milky smooth, then we're thinking about how the water is contrasting the texture in the rocks and mirroring the smooth texture in the sky. Uh, so it brings more emphasis to the rocks themselves. And this one, this type of image, there's more of a conversation between the rocks and the waves. And of course, that's a visual conversation, I, I guess I should say. The proper shutter speed came out to be 0.6 seconds, and um, I was at a 4 and then 400 ISO was what was happening on that image. Uh, the next image, I just have a shot of a, a few tiny flowers in the foreground and then the lighthouse. You know, you can walk out get up, walk around it and all that good stuff. Uh, nice place to be. It's on a little bit of a bluff and you have a pretty good view of Crescent City. And then when you're done with the lighthouse, you should go down and, and walk down. It's about it's mostly south, but a little bit southeast is the angle of the jetty or the walkway. And when you get out to the edge there, at the very end, you get these kind of oddly shaped uh, wave break items. It's, I don't even know what I would call this shape, but they're made out of concrete. They're huge and the kids just loved running around on them and jumping on them. If you get too close to the water, certainly they're gonna get slippery and there's a little bit of danger there. But overall, I felt fairly decently safe with the kids being able to do that. It wasn't any kind of coming in tide or anything like that. It was definitely a low tide. And so there wasn't much wave action going on. And then these things are so big and so high and piled up. There's just so many of them. Uh, we were probably 12 to 15 feet above the water surface as we were climbing around those items. And then I've got a panoramic shot that gives you a feel for what it's like. This is after the tide has come in a little bit. I got out to this location several times and was able to shoot uh, the, the lighthouse and the surrounding areas uh, right in this region several times. So that was a nice thing too, to be able to, re to just come back. It was so accessible, so easy to get to from my hotel. Uh, I still had to drive, but it was a good place. And then the last one of this area is to think about sunset and I'm getting a silhouette and the landscape, or I should say in this case, the seascape, a little bit of landscape. I've got a foreground rock. I've got the, the water that is nice and frozen solid. It's a one thousandth of a second shutter speed at F16. So by doing that, I'm able to freeze the water. I get the the lighthouse and silhouette, the few trees that are there. And then the way that I've cropped it too, I'm getting rid of, there's some of these, these power lines that are coming out to the island that the lighthouse is on. And so I just was able to crop those out. And so that was nice to find that composition too. I'm not one to really edit my images a whole lot as far as the power lines are concerned. If they're needing it, you know, Sometimes I'll go ahead and do it. And in fact, in this particular image, I know I see they're very minimized. So that's how small they are. You're not really going to just notice them outright. There's a way that I can shoot it by minimizing the power lines or some of those things like that. I'm going to go ahead and try and minimize it rather than just saying, oh, I'll fix it in Photoshop later. Um, I guess you could call me lazy or whatever the case is. But also when I submit my images to my agent, they like to not have those 
edits where possible. Now, sometimes, of course, they explicitly ask for those edits, like taking out logos and other identifying information like license plates and such. But in this case, they would rather have it to be uh, more of a true-to-life image, not a composite or otherwise adversely digitally, digitally manipulated. The next spot I went to is actually there's uh, the Mystery of Trees is what it's called. And that's kind of a neat spot. It's great for the kids if you've got some kids in tow. There's a big Paul Bunyan, uh, I guess you could call it a sculpture. It's not really. It's more of a grotesque statue but they they've rigged some kind of camera into it and so there's a guy that talks and so when the kids go up and they start talking he'll ask questions and they'll have a brief conversation so it's kind of a neat thing as you're walking in but they've got a nice trail set you can walk up the hill a little bit and then you take this uh this gondola it's kind of like a ski lift almost but it's an enclosed gondola and you can take it all the way up to the top of the hill you can walk around a little bit take a look you know down the valley whatever the case is all the different landscapes around uh, they also then have a trail and you can then take that down that's what we ended up doing and it took slightly longer than we expected and i'm glad that we did it but it was certainly not something for for those who may have bad knees or something along those lines because it's just a little bit on the rough side of things as far as uh, being able to easily walk down. It gets a little steep in, pla in places. So I've got a picture also on the website of my son kind of just looking bug-eyed into the camera and it's just a lot of fun with the kids. One of the great things about this place, though, that is a little bit hard to come by when you're looking out for other information, you know, where to shoot and all this kind of stuff. When you look on the National Park Service website and then you click on their maps link, and I have the National Park Service uh, website uh, listed there in the show notes. And then if you click on the park map north detail, I'm going to try and do what I can to describe this map for you so you don't have to be following along as I'm talking about it. But it's a fantastic detail map uh, that you could print off and bring along with you. They don't specifically have the mystery of trees on this map. But what we're looking for is this place called the Klamath River Overlook. And they don't tell you much about it, but there is a coastal trail there. And I looked at that and I was like, wait a second, I see it starts somewhere. And so as I was doing research and comparing notes and, and contrasting things, and I was looking at it and I said, okay, this is where I got to go. So I went to Mystery of Trees during the day with my boys. And then we had a little bit of a picnic supper. And then right across the street from Mystery of the Trees, there's this little place that is the, there's a hotel from that, you know, that is right across the street from Mystery of the Trees. And so if you go to the northern part of their parking lot, you can find a place to tuck your car in without, you know, being a bother to anyone else. But that's where the trail starts, right there. And so then you can get on the trail and it's just quick, I don't know, 15 minute walk and you're on the coast. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And it's just a great place to go find some more sea stack or otherwise just rocks in the sea type images. And so this is where I experimented with that idea I talked about at the lighthouse where I had the 0.6 second exposure and I had enough texture coming in so it seemed to be more of a conversation between the rocks and the water. When I was at this location, 
I was experimenting in the in the neighborhood of 30 second exposure. So I'm blocking it all the way down to F22. I've got a 30 second exposure. What I really wish I had done, which uh, it seems apparent I did not do, I wish I had put on my 10 stop and that would have allowed me to go even higher in my exposures. I should say longer in my exposures and it would have been become really super silky because what's happening now, we do have quite a bit of wave action. It feels like cotton candy. Uh, it has a little bit of texture. It's not super duper silky smooth and it's a fine look. I'm not opposed to it. It's just if I had put my 10 stop on there, I'm pretty sure I would have gotten some pretty sweet results on that, but that's all right. It's the kind of thing where uh, I guess you can say live and learn to a degree, but also we just have to know it does depend on the, ex the exact nature of the water and what's happening there. Also the nature of the light and, and what's happening with how that's coming in too. This was a sunset time frame that I was there capturing these images. And so uh, the light was fading and 30 seconds did decently well. One shot that I have, I've got a little bit tree up on a sea stack and the the sea stack is formed there's it looks like there's a face i have a, a like a uh, an eyebrow area uh, a nose area a chin area and so it looks kind of sort of face like and then we've got a smattering of smaller rocks in the foreground and then a couple of bigger rocks uh, off to the right hand side uh, in this one actually the horizon is pretty much cutting right through the middle but there's so little of the horizon that you actually see, you know, I don't think I'm bothered so much by the placement of that horizon simply because of the arrangement of the rocks. And so as we're looking at our compositions, you know, those rule of thirds idea, in this case, the horizon is not the main piece. I have to think about those other items. And in this case, it's those collections of rocks. So that hotel is, uh, at least on the Google map, it's called Motel Trees. And again, as you come, as you turn into it, uh, I mentioned the northern side, basically because of the way the road is, I guess it's technically more the western side of the parking lot, but it's as if you were to turn north on Highway 101, that's the direction you would also then go inside that parking lot. Go to the end where the, the hotel, you know, runs out of, of rooms and runs out of space in the parking lot, and you'll pretty much be able to find a place, so long as it's not too busy, you should be able to find a place there to park your car and to go spend some great time enjoying the sea and the seascapes like that. All right, we'll get back to it in just a moment, but for now, we're going to head on over and thank our sponsor. A dream is just a great idea that doesn't yet have a website. Make it a reality with Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a unique website. Showcase your work. Maybe it's a blog. You can publish some content. You can even sell products and services of all kinds. It's just a few clicks. With 24-7 award-winning customer support, you can customize everything from the look and feel to the settings and products using beautiful templates created by world-class designers. And there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. That's probably the best thing really about Squarespace is just the fact that you don't have to worry about these upgrades and if you install one thing and will it work with the other things you have installed, uh, you just know it's going to work. So head on over to squarespace.com improve for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code improve to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. All right, Fern Canyon is up next. 
Uh, certainly I'm not hitting every single spot that's available in the Redwoods. As I was looking at my map and, you know, taking care of the boys and trying to get as much as we could to shoot and all this stuff, there were things that I just had to start taking off my list because, well, it's just not possible to get to it all. But Fern Canyon, I'm certainly glad I got to. And it's kind of easy to get to, and it certainly does not disappoint. I went there in early summer, and the river flowing through the canyon was actually already fairly low and easily to walk through. To get to the good stuff, you should plan on getting your feet wet, though. But the deepest part was only about eight inches or so deep that you needed to walk through. Certainly, you could get your feet even more wet, but it wasn't too bad. And if you just keep on going, you'll find some really great compositions with some logs and some fern. And it's literally a canyon that's covered with ferns, which is really awesome. My only real problem here uh, that I found anyway was my obsession with getting focus stacked panoramic images. And I just thought, oh, I'm, you know, just looking at it because I did some video as well with my wide angle lens. I had a, an 11 to 16 millimeter on the on the crop sensor camera that I had. And I was like, oh, that's beautiful. And so I'm just like, oh, I'll just shoot it in a pano mode. Well, in one regard, that was kind of the point I was going for. I wanted to create some training type videos, which will eventually come out uh, to show people how to do that. But I got so tunnel vision in this canyon sort of a pun intended, but I got so tunnel vision on that idea of the panoramics that I was focus stack panoramas like that. There's just a lot of work involved in that. And I'm kind of wishing I'd just gone with some wide angles as well, just so I could have had those. But, you know, that's okay. I will still have some good images to, to be happy with. One thing you also might want to use here would be a polarizer filter. It really helped since the walls are just coated with these ferns and the polarizer blocks the glare that is bouncing off the moisture that's on the leaves of the ferns. And so they really come to life and they just vibrate with this rich green and it's just really, really beautiful to see. As an update though, uh, here in early June 2018, they are reporting that there's a log jam and so the loop trail is closed but you can go in about a quarter of a mile and that is still possible to, to do. And I would say it's still quite worth it because it's just a really neat place to go see. Now, if there's any chance you could uh, reverse yourself around on that loop trail and go the other way, you know, maybe that's something to consider. Uh, there's also, I found this really neat, and I don't have the name of it yet, but this really neat macro shot of this, this little twig branching out. It's magenta in color. Uh, and then it has these little white... Uh, blooms that are not yet fully bloomed uh, they're hanging down and they just have all these little hairs on them and so the macro works really good in this area too just because of all the wonderful flora you're going to find i have another macro shot of the very tip of a curled up fern and then everything else is really blurry in the background probably a little bit of a cliche-ish type shot but still i find it uh, to be satisfying to you know exercise the creative muscles. We have to, you know, as I look at this, I find it a little bit cliche -ish. as I was shooting it. Well, essentially that really wasn't in my mind at all. I was just having fun kind of getting things moving for the day. And so it turned out to be a pretty good shot. I was pretty happy with it. But those compositions where there's these decaying logs in the water and they're just being overgrown with these different uh, ferns and these other different, uh, they look like ivy or some kind of other, uh, some kind of other plant coming through. There's just a lot of these options coming through. And then of course there's moss growing on the logs and it's just really a rich place and it's always going to be changing. Uh, one thing you do have to watch out for, I would say, is 
the wind. While it is a canyon, it's fairly controlled. If you're going for using that polarizer, like I mentioned, you know, you can run into some problems because the wind might be moving your subject. And if your shutter speed is not fast enough, of course, it's going to be blurry. Or the macro too, those tend to get, potentially sometimes they tend to get to be a little bit slow on the shutter speed. I was able to do about 20th of a second, 50th of a second, somewhere in there. And I was still holding out pretty good with my shutter speeds and the detail that I was getting. Uh, one shot was also one sixth of a second, so that that did well. And then the wider angle shots, I did get a few. I had talked about, you know, the tunnel vision. I did get a few wider angle shots, uh, 0.3 seconds coming in. But that's where the, the leaves are so small uh, in the background. I do see some blurry action going, but it doesn't bother me visually because the strength of the long log, that's what the image is about. And then the flowing water, that was important to blur. So the fact that the leaves are blowing, it's its not an issue. It, it's totally, a, a shouldn't even mention it. It's not worth talking about as far as anything negative in the image is concerned. It's really easy to find. Like I said, it, it is at the end of a fairly long road. So you get off Highway 101, you kind of turn down this road, you get on that road. And it does feel to be a little bit uh, long to get there. But once you're there, there's a pretty good sized parking lot. And then it's probably, I don't know, an eighth of a mile maybe before you actually get to the canyon opening itself. And then it's right there. The temperature drops because it's so cool with that water flowing through. It's really nice. Now, if you happen to be able to get on the website, I've got two bonus images to look at. And one is probably the most detail-free image you would ever think. I have it, the horizon split right down the middle of the image, uh, you know, vertically the same on top as on bottom. And then it's a fairly long exposure too. This image is about tonality, I guess is the way, is the way to go about it. The ocean is a dark gray and it's, it's, it's fading into a lighter gray as it gets more towards the horizon. Then there's a dark band right on the horizon itself and it switches to blue. That's where the sky is. And then as we lift up higher, it switches to gray again where the clouds are. And being that it's a 30 second exposure, the water is you know, there's no detail in the water. There's no detail in the clouds. It's just about tonality. And sometimes too, when I'm out shooting my landscapes, I don't want the details. I don't want, it's, it's, it's not what's moving me about the image or, or the scene or the, or the space that I'm in. It's all about, in this case, colors and the tonality. And I really ended up liking this image and I will print this very large, I'm sure. And the kind of a cool thing about this image is being that everything is so soft, I don't think I need to even worry much about resolution. I only need to worry about getting that color right. And so being that there's so few items of significant color in this frame, I think that's going to be a relatively easy job to do as well. But I would love to see this on a large canvas. And so that's one of my goals. Hopefully I can make that happen this summer. And then another idea that you can have with your landscapes, in this case, the seascapes, is the idea of zooming in and isolating your subject. So in this shot, I was at about 0.3 of a second at F13, 100 ISO. So it's a zoomed in shot of the ocean, the, the water, and... When it's 0.3 of a second, you know, again, that's where we talked about, we started talking about with the water in front of that lighthouse, where we're getting some texture coming through because of the movement of the water, but it's not slow enough to let things go all to uh, creaminess and whatnot. And this is at 180 millimeters. I was using my uh, 180 macro uh, on this particular shot. I'm certainly not using it in the macro sense, but 
I was using that particular lens and it came out pretty good. I ended up boosting the saturation just a little bit to help the the richness, the sea green uh, watercolor to come through nice and rich. And then it's got some some uh, dark gray areas down towards the bottom and towards the top. So I cropped it square as well. And it's just all that movement, all that color, things like that. It just makes it work really well. And I'm just thrilled to have that image come together. So those are two bonus pieces for the conversation. And if there's a chance you can look at the website, then all, by all means, uh, please do so. So as I wrap it up today, I just wanted to mention again the whole idea of that gear giveaway. If you subscribe to the show in your podcatcher or if you're in iTunes or anything like that, email me proof of that at the that this email address, brent at latitudephotographypodcast.com. And if you go back and listen to that secret phrase in that one episode where I introed this gear giveaway, that's the Leave No Trace and Gear Giveaway episode, I've got a secret phrase there, and you'll be able to email that separately. Same email address, brent at latitudephotographypodcast.com. And then on the website, either my personal website, brentbergherm.com or latitudephotographypodcast.com, at the bottom of each page in the footer, there's this item that says, get notified, and you can enter your email address in there, and then you click on the button that says, yes, I'm interested. And so that's just my basic email newsletter type item that I will probably be able to finally get to this summer for getting a few pieces of information out. And so that would be the only thing that is a, you know, a perpetual subscription type item as it relates to your email address. Uh, certainly, I, I don't plan on uh, distributing your information or anything like that to anyone. So you can always also um, unsubscribe to that email address if you wanted to. So uh, it's, it's up to you on those types of things. And then later this summer, take a look at the website. I will be uh, releasing some information about Skype sessions and also some other items I'm working on this summer. So uh, there may even be a free meetup that I'm looking at doing rather than a traditional workshop. We'll see how that goes, but just keep a look. And uh, if you subscribe to the, to the newsletter, certainly you'll be uh, one of the first ones to know about those announcements. So that's it for now. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And as I look at my statistics, I'm seeing how many downloads are happening. I'm just very humbled and honored that you guys are listening and supporting the show it's it does definitely means a lot to me and i thank you so much and if you haven't subscribed yet i do encourage you please do subscribe and uh mention it to one of your friends too if you think they have a thing for travel and landscape photography would love to have them come along for the journey until next time happy shooting